0: The <laughs> cracks one of the best win the ball
1: game. Out of sight. <laughs> oh my Did he get another one? No. Oh. Gamble's on his way back. He got it. He's <laughs> oh. Lindor again. You are now listening to the Shane Suns podcast with your hosts, Keith and Keishan Diaz.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Shea & Sons podcast. I am one half of the show, Keith, and the other half.
1: It's Keith. What's going on, people?
0: We're back for episode number six, episode six. It's been a fun ride, baby brother.
1: Yeah, it's been fun, and we, get, we got a lot to talk about this week.
0: Yeah, the show's been fun. Us recording's been fun. This week in Metsland,
1: yeah. not so fun. Not fun.
0: Not fun at all. Uh, Before we uh, before we uh, dive deep into it, uh, thank you to everybody who's out there subscribing. Thank you to all of our listeners on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Everybody who's watching this right now, thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys. You're yeah, another week in line. Let's jump right into it. We're going right back out west. We're finishing up the road trip. We're trying to go eight and two, not seven and three, eight and two. We're trying to get out there with a nice groove. Unfortunately, that last game, it didn't result that way. We kind of blew it at the end. We're going to get into the, the the details, the nitty-gritty of it. But unfortunately, Drew Smith kind of blew up the game at the end. We were kind of coming back. It was a little bit back and forth. Didn't work out that way. So unfortunately, we end the road trip 7-2, and two, which is still a pretty good road trip. It's something to take home with you. So it is what it is. We were out west for about roughly 10 days, I want to say, around that number. Yeah. And we're finally heading back home. We get an off day Monday. And we're sitting in front of a three-game set against the Washington Nationals in City Field. So any logical Met fan says, hey, we gotta win those series. We gotta win that series. We gotta at least take two out of three. And hell, we should be sweeping this team because honestly, we sh- should be sweeping this team. So the day off came and went. The guys are ready. Boom. Game one in the series. Jose Budo's on the bump. He's going up against Josiah Gray, former Dodger prospect who was traded in the Max Scherzer-Trey Turner deal, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay, that was a few years ago. And Josiah Gray kind of, like, underlooked. He's pretty much maybe their best, maybe best or second best starter, I guess, roughly. And um, you got a classic Met offense display. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> there was nothing there was literally nothing. I just want everybody to know that yeah. there was absolutely nothing in the game there was, there was just nothing yeah. um, I was actually at the game I got to watch Brett Beatty which I was very excited to see he had a little bit of a up and down game defensively but he kind of stood with a lot of the plays that he was dealing with um, the best part about the game was Francisco Alvarez calling timeout to talk to a few of our pitchers that's it there's nothing else and I like seeing that from a rookie. So you know, we keep saying that they're telling us he can't play defense, can't be a catcher. That was the most exciting part of the game, other than the fact that my dad, or our dad, almost fell asleep throughout the game. So uh, <laughs> wash our hands with that one. Get out of here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, game number yeah, two. We can't. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead.
1: No, no. I was just gonna say we can't. We can't really dwell too much on that one. That was that was pretty bad. That was awful, especially coming after you know uh, such a good road trip. It looked like two different teams.
0: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And honestly, there's literally nothing, unless you're a national fan, to talk about with that game. There's literally nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just a quick reminder for anybody going to City Field, that beautiful scoreboard is still glitching. So just giving you guys a heads up. Um, <laughs> I'm moving on to game number two. Um, We are expecting the New York Mets to wake up, right? We're saying, hey, they had a day off. They just came back from a long road trip. Oh, my gosh. Maybe they're jet lagged. Maybe they were because they didn't do jack shit again. Offense pretty much said, we're not showing up again, guys. Nah, we're not doing this. Now nah. we're per diem workers for the New York Mets. We got one run in two games against the Nationals. Um, 18 innings, one run. Um, the nationals in two games outscored us nine to one. If you had that on your bingo card, you're doing very well, very well. So the Mets pretty much struggled again, didn't do anything. Kodai Senga was on the bump, and he didn't Senga to my heart at all. Uh, I don't know. He pretty much another no, fifth he was, inning. He, he wasn't that good. Another fifth inning disaster class by another New York Mets starting pitcher. Um, we gave that man seventy-something million dollars. Hopefully, he comes good. Don't want to kill him again, or I didn't kill him at all. But I just don't want to kill him like everyone else is kind of killing him. Um, interesting tidbit: the New York Mets this series made uh, three errors. Well, in the two games, they made th- that is very non-Met-like. So maybe. More. four. It was so four. it was four. Maybe just maybe jet lag is a real thing. So. We're staring ourselves into abyss with the, a sweep of the Nationals. How do you feel about that going into game number three?
1: Um, coming into the series, I just – I knew we were going to lose at least one game. I did not have two on my bingo card. <laughs> um, it, it was – the way they lost, two was, like, so, like – it looked like the September Mets were, like, nothing – it was just nothing. It was just why watch it, like why why even go out to the park, why spend your time on this team, why not just watch the Knicks and root for the Knicks,
0: or the or the New Jersey Devils, right? Uh,
1: Let's not talk about that.
0: (laughs) 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 that. Shout out all the hockey fans out there tuning in. Um, Interesting thing you brought up. Um, I heard from someone on Twitter yesterday that made a very good point. Um, Shout out to our buddy, Carlos. Carlos said, it feels like September has never ended. What do you think about that?
1: That is a really, really good assessment on how we are looking at the first 25 games of the season. Um, It looks exactly like September. There's a lot of flaws within the team's offense and a lot of flaws Within the management, I'm sorry that I'm pointing it out because apparently on this podcast all we do is point out the the management's issues. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a great assessment of, of what's been going on. It's it's been rough.
0: Every time I hear the word rough, I get chills down my spine. But I will say that um, <laughs> I think Buck Showalter knows about this podcast, so he gives us a lot of content to talk about. So anybody who out there, anybody out there who's complaining that we talk too much about the manager and his his unique Decisions to say the least. Um, just know that Buck does it on purpose because he gives us content. This is all the whole point of this whole thing. So thank you, uh, Mr. Showalter. I appreciate you. Um, with that being said, we're staring into a sweep. You're wondering if the Mets are going to wake up. I had a feeling they were going to wake up. I had a feeling. I don't know how to feeling. You know why? Because jet lag usually lasts between like 24 to 48 hours. So the jet lag should start to dwindle. You know, start to go. Come <sighs> you know, like whatever. And the Mets offense wakes up. And not only do they wake up, they start doing something that reminded me of the 2021 Mets, which wasn't a fun year, by the way, they, they, they pulled out a gnome, a Brandon Nimmo gnome, and they put it on the dugout and shout out to all the Mets fans that think that's cute and think that's fun. And the, you know, the clubhouse, (laughs) that was in the clubhouse. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. It's kind of corny. So, just letting you guys know that um, if you like that, you're corny too. But it's okay, we're all corny. I'm kind of corny too. There's there's weird stuff that I like. So
1: I'm corny. I, yeah. There's a
0: lot of weird stuff that I don't like. But that shit, is f- corny.
1: Sorry.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Look, listen, we understand that. Um, you know, the clubhouse has these things, whatever. If you want to pick a Brandon Nimmo gnome, and I think anything related to Brandon Nimmo should be praised. I think Brandon nemo has been tremendous. I love everything he's given me this month. Even if it's ending on a little bit of a. eh, Brandon Nimmo has, has escaped any slander from me for a while. So shout out to him. But um, I did see, you know... I'm not. I'm not surprised at all by the catalyst of bringing the gnome out, Mr. Marcana. It's very Marcana-ish things to do. But um, with that being said, the gnome gave us some offense, and who would have known? You like that? Who would have known?
1: That was pretty good. It was pretty that good. It was, was off pretty the good. T- it
0: was off the top of the. Um, yeah, some odd time. Yeah, who would have thought that? Who would have who would have known that the offense? Would win us a baseball game because hey, you know we haven't done anything for the first two games, so the Mets provide quite a lot of a uh, 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 of offense. We go up seven three. We're pretty much getting nice production from Marte. We're getting we're getting production from everybody, but Pete Alonso. I'll be honest with you, uh, and don't worry, he's not Teflon on this show. And um, we 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 we. Had a really good performance again by Joey Lucchese, a.k.a. Barry Zero Two 2 I really like what I'm seeing from this kid. Before we continue with this game, how do, you, how do you like Joey so far?
1: I like Joey a lot because he he reminds me of a different time in baseball where you had to get guys out based off of location and movement. Yeah. Now it's mainly, you know, now it's mainly velocity, which is running the sport, which I have no problem with, but as somebody... Who I've mentioned before, I p- I pitched obviously at the lower level, but as somebody who did not pitch to velocity and 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 to to throw, you know, the pitch past you know, uh, uh, hitters, you know, I think that movement and location is is very valuable, especially from a left-handed um, uh, pitcher. So if we could continue this, I don't think uh, somebody another lefty's days are 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 here to stay. I like fortunately.
0: I like it too. I love the churve. I think it's hard to hit. I think eventually maybe batters may adjust, you know, yeah. he's, he's hitting 91, 92 max on the fastball. So, I mean, when the churve is like 78 and you throw throwing 91, 92, it does affect batters as yeah. I am the batter of the episode. That is very hard to pick up. But... I mean, hey, he's running with house money. Shout out to Joey Lukesey. Joey Lukesey has earned himself another what, two, three starts guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, Shout out to yeah. Joey. Really big cog for this pitching staff because he gives us five or six innings, I believe, something like that. He, he really he went yeah, five, he went, five he went, innings. He went deep again, about five and two thirds, I want to say, or something like that. Yeah. Um. And we had a 7-3 to three lead with Joey Lucchese pretty much leaving, you know, the game pretty much unscathed. And Buck Showalter, the amazing Buck Showalter, um, wanted to make sure that Joey Lucchese's start was protected by Tommy Hunter. Um, that didn't really go so well. Didn't go so well. Um, Tommy Hunter walked the park. Actually, no, he didn't get walked out. He got slapped around. And then yeah. he walked a few batters. And then... Here comes Brooks Rayleigh, who's been pretty good. Brooks raley has been really good and really good against. Le- uh, it's weird. He's he's had backward splits and he's still been pretty good. Like he's been one of Buck's uh, guys to more or less kind of get into if the if things are like really nasty, like on the base paths. And a pitchers that have it, and he'll go to Rayleigh, and then Rayleigh would kind of get out of the jam, more or less. He's been pretty solid. I mean, if you kind of continuously put a pitcher in a position where he has to, like, avoid the disaster, eventually he's going to yeah. get. He's going to get yeah. got. But I think overall, the last time I've seen Brooks Rayleigh really, like, stink the bed was in Milwaukee, which is at the beginning of the month. You can't really. I mean, I guess it's. it's, it's he gives up a grand slam, folks. <laughs> he gives up a grand slam. Does that fly? He gives up a grand slam. Um at that point we had already given up one run. So it went from seven to seven to three. It went from seven, seven to three to seven to four. And then here comes a eight grand and slam. And then it's eight to yeah. seven. And um Brooks Rayleigh, you know, he gives up the home run. I I don't want to kill him. I get it. It's hard not to. It's a freaking grand slam against a lefty, let alone CJ Abrams. I didn't know I didn't know CJ Abrams had that kind of pop. But clearly, he did. It was it was hit to a far part in city Field as well. But I mean, shout out to C.J. Abrams. Say good shit, bro. Uh, good shit, bro. Um, uh, you, you're coming into you're coming into a, a very very high volatile situation with men on the base paths, and you ask any reliever, it's very stressful, high leverage, high level, whatever they call it, high leverage situations. That's tough, man. I mean, it is what it is. So the Mets offense wakes up. And the pitching staff after Joey Lucchese kind of shat the bed. So, it's been weird because usually our starting pitching puts our bullpen into a position where they kind of have to, you know, clean up the mess. So, this is a throwback to, you know, the Terry Collins era where uh, starting pitching was pretty good and then the bullpen kind of shat the bed. So, it is what it is. The Mets are having a rough week, but the Mets find a way to come back and rally. Lindor, huge hit. Um Marte with a huge steal, Pete with a big insurance. He needed that because Pete was looking like uh he was he was looking like Adam Dunn for about two weeks. It was looking nasty. So um uh, thank you for that, Pete. We need you to wake up. And then uh Jeff McNeil hit a ball to the warning track because some people thought he didn't have any pop on Twitter. So just letting everybody know Jeff McNeil has pop. And I think Jeff McNeil should receive absolutely zero, zero criticism. Jeff McNeil has had the week that we've been needing from everybody else. Last 10 games, 421 with an OPS of 1,000. So I don't care if somebody is out there saying Jeff McNeil needs more power, blah, 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 blah. A lot of times this week, he's coming up to bat with two outs. What do you guys want? You want a home run every at-bat from Jeff freaking McNeil? Wake up. I don't get the the baseball knowledge with some people, but we have to just start waking the F up. So, whatever. So, it is what it is. The Mets figure out a way to win. Not to mention, I wanted to finish off on this tidbit with this game. This young man, Brett Beatty. Three for three. On base four times in this game. He is sharp, starting to show everybody why he should be playing every day. Brett Beatty... Can hit the ball, can hit the ball opposite field, can hit for average, and he can also hit for power because in this game he hit a home run dead center. And I don't care if it's against the Nationals. I don't care if it was against uh, Bad News Bears. When you get a kid like that revving up in the 8-hole, because that's where he's been batting in the 8-hole, you making a case to start protecting Pete and moving up into the Jeff McNeil areas and stuff, batting fifth, maybe batting six or whatever. And I understand he's lefty and so is McNeil, whatever. Um, We'll talk about lineup discussions in in a moment because we are not done criticizing this manager and this team. Um, But, you know, Jeff McNeil is being moved around the lineup so much that you don't, you you see other guys not moving so much, but you want to know why they shouldn't be moving up or moving down. And, Brett Beatty, I don't care if he's a kid coming up against Atlanta, move him up a little bit. He's hitting. He's swinging the bat really well. So, uh, not, it's neither here nor there. But the Mets get the win, 8-9. Um, they sweated throughout this whole series. They did, did not make it easy for themselves. Um, we lose the series to the Nationals right before we have a very, very big series coming up at Citi Field with the Atlanta Braves coming to town. But before we get into that first game with Atlanta, because we are recording on a Saturday, guys. um, Because we do expect that this Atlanta series may not get in at all. Because there's a lot of rain out here in New York City. um, And I don't think they're going to get the Saturday or Sunday game. We may have a doubleheader Monday. So it feels like every year we have a doubleheader with the Braves because we play them so early and so much rain happens in April. But, um, yeah, so expect maybe no baseball to be played this weekend at City Field. Um, so recording a little early that we did record after last night's game, which ended in five innings, but we'll get to that in a few moments because of the rain. um we gotta rewind a little bit. We started we finished that road trip where we had Drew Smith come into the eighth inning, and it was a perfect inning for either Robertson or Odovino to get into the game. They had him pitched since last Wednesday. So if you count Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's a five-day layoff for a reliever. Not only one reliever, two relievers. So it's very odd by Buck. And I understand that Buck has roles for these relievers. I think he wants Drew Smith to be a guy that he go to that he, he can go to in the seventh or eighth inning if he needs an out. And he wants him to kind of get, you know, really accustomed to getting out of danger. But you had a chance to really continue the winning ways. And I know Buck wants to win as many games as he can because, you know, he won 101 of them things last year. You know, he 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 ain't coming near that this year. So I'm just saying putting your trust in Drew Smith rather than putting your trust in Adavino and Robertson is a very unique move, especially when those guys had five days of rest. Now, what makes that move even more confusing, by the way, we lost that game in San Francisco, just a reminder, could have went seven and I mean, he could have went eight and two instead went seven and three. Not yeah. to say out of, Robinson would have closed the door, but I just feel like history says they would have given you a better opportunity. And I feel bad for killing Drew Smith, who's been pretty decent of late, but you know, you kind of put a young pitcher in a, in a position that he can lose his confidence. You're putting out of, on the back to back games in game one and game two against the nationals. And then he goes on paternity leave and I'm confused. So, Aravino's from New York, if anybody doesn't know that. Aravino could have pitched in San Francisco a little bit more, and then you could have given him a little bit of days off out here while he's heading towards paternity leave because we're going up against the Nationals. Hashtag Buckonomics in the biggest sense of the world. Could you explain that to me, bro? You could
1: have went Aravino for two. If you were going to do that, you could have went out of, you know, for the eighth and ninth innings. If you wanted to save Robertson. For in the San Francisco, pros, you
0: mean, right? You could have.
1: Right, right. That's what I'm saying. In gotcha. San Francisco. You could have put out of, you know, for just one inning in that eighth inning. Right. You could have saved them for the ninth when they actually mattered. I just don't. I didn't understand the move at the time. In my head, the way I was rationalizing it is, okay, maybe Buck. Wanted Drew Smith here so that he can use Robinson and you know in the event that you know uh in the innings where like if it the Giants it, if could it, take it, the lead and, and it it the good.
0: Extra innings, you mean, right? That's but what th- I'm that saying. Yeah, the night I mean, and the I, extra innings.
1: That's gotcha. what I think. That's what I think that Buck was trying to do. He was trying to save those guys for innings where it mattered most. um That was the best way I can I can rationalize it in my head and if he if that was the case which he didn't really give a straight answer after uh, during the post game if that is the case i understand it mm. but do uh, but let's let's be honest here drew smith he didn't pitch since wednesday drew smith sucks in high leverage situations we all know that can, can even though concur. he's been better of late yeah. b- before that yeah it just it, it didn't it didn't make too much sense the game is right there I understand the offense was still a little bit anemic and not really much was going on, but if you put Adovino there for one inning, he gets a clean inning, you, you could start him for the, for the for the next inning, the following inning, up until obviously we have a, a run on second. So I just didn't understand it completely, but if that was the case as, as to why he did it it, it, it it sort of makes sense in my eyes, but still obviously it cost us a one.
0: He went to Bridgem. And he went to Braley, and then he went to Drew. And a lot of relievers got work in this whole West Coast trip. And it was just... It's like weird, bro. It's a winnable game. You know? It's like, I get that. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I, to me, that's the only way that it makes any sense to me, is if he's preparing for innings that could come, but where there's no guarantee that they're coming. Because even if right. even if Aravino goes in there in eighth and shuts it down, right, whatever... Or or no, excuse me, if Drew Smith shuts it down or whatever in the ninth, maybe we get the lead. You know, maybe we get and then then we can bring in Atavino, but then you still have Robertson in your back pocket. It's weird, right? It's like
1: there's something there's there's something about that, right? Not to interject. Yeah. There's something about that. Buck is very good at uh I guess like managing up towards a win. You know, so like He'll use his best guys in order to secure a win. We saw it last year with Edwin Diaz coming in eighth innings against the Braves. Mm-hmm. Like, he would do whatever, you know, whatever he can to ensure that a win is possible. But here, it just seemed like it didn't make sense. To, to your point, the win is still in sight. Nothing is promised. If you go to Olivino, more than likely you get out of the inning and nothing happens. And then you give your offense a chance. Putting Drew Smith in that situation doesn't really give your offense a chance, no matter how good he's doing, because we know his track record.
0: He had an off day coming up to a travel day. Right. It's just weird. You're, if you take the red eye, then you have the travel- You have rest, so maybe he doesn't want Drew Smith in the more high leverage situation because we're on the road. Then we have to close the game out. So maybe he's avoiding that. I, I mean, it could be any of these things, but it also is more weird that you had an off day coming up when guys were off for five days, like. I don't could have give you two innings. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you Robertson, boom, right there. Now you're in the eight, nine, ten, 11. you're in the eight, you're in the ninth, you're in the tenth, you're you're in the tenth, you're finishing the tenth. And let's say that it's all clean. Then you got Drew Smith in the eleventh, and maybe I'm crazy. Drew Smith in the eleventh inning with a man on second base is no different than what you did in the eighth inning. It's yeah. Though, plus, it's no also, if,
1: if if you if you have Drew Smith in that inning. I mean, at that point, I think all baseball fans would agree anything, anything can happen. You're not oh, yeah. going to put that much – you're not going to put that much fault in Buck or Drew yeah, Smith for the, giving up but, the lead at yeah, that point. Yeah, because
0: you got a guy on second, and it's not Drew Smith's fault that he's on second in the 11th inning, right? Right. So right.
1: It's, it's the offense's yeah, fault, really.
0: Yeah, at that point, if you didn't score in the next three innings, and Drew Smith is there, and they hit a fucking little dribbler – to second base and it gets through or whatever, and the guy from second scores all the way on that. It's not Drew Smith's fault. No. Nobody's gonna kill Drew Smith. Yeah, he'll get the L, but he still got the L anyways. Like <laughs> right. it doesn't make right. any sense. Hashtag Buckonomics. But neither Buckonomics. here nor there because it's just getting. I'm, I actually looked into trademarking it. It's a little expensive, but I think I might do it because Barstool is actually stealing. Uh, that guy from the Knicks, would you? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. So, I, yeah, he, I'm, they're I'm,
1: also I'm, stealing. Shout out. Shout out this guy. He does great work. Um, Athletic logos. They stole one of his prints. Oh, it, no was, way. Uh, it was it was the Jalen Brunson. Yeah, it was the Jalen Brunson Statue of Liberty. Um, I, I oh, forgot the saying. I, I can't that. believe I That's forgot the thing. Right. Well, but yeah, they no. stole that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I it. just want to give you guys a heads up. When Jalen Brunson, this is obviously not a Met thing. When Jalen Brunson does this. just c one someone one c one sent one So, that also comes from a soccer player in uh, Italy named Paolo De Valla, And he does this. And he's called La Hoya. And pretty much that means he's a diamond. So, when I saw Jalen Brunson doing this, I thought he was referring to the soccer player. But that was neither here nor there. But <laughs> just putting it out there that whenever he does this, though, I think of him as the diamond. La Hoya. So that's just my rationale with it because he is got exactly a diamond. diamond, I'll tell you that. He's playing like a yeah. freaking diamond. He's killing it. So anyways, whatever. Back to back to uh Metzies. Um Okay, so that's the Buckonomics bullpen uh, portion of the episode. Thank you for tuning in. We are now moving on to the Buckonomics portion of the Jet Lag episode. Um so if anybody tuned in to any of the Nationals' game, the games against the Nationals, and uh, you're hearing the amazing Gary, Keith, and Ron, so one thing I've noticed about doing this podcast with you know with you and trying to grow our brand and trying to have you know people tune in and listen to us is that one thing about Met fans is that you can't be harsh with Met fans because Met fans don't like the uncomfortable truth. Um, now there are people out there that use the uncomfortable truth and they empower their own opinions with it. Um, there is a very, you know, round individual that does it consistently for the folks at Barstool. And then there's quite a few trolls on the internet, especially Twitter that use it to empower their views. Now we are going to use it to educate the folks out there into why we don't like these narratives that are. A part of this organization and a part of this culture that we consistently bring up that has changed under Buckshaw Walters' watch, including Uncle Steve Cohen. And where I'm going with this is the fact that if you tuned in to any of the Washington national games that we played at City Field, um, you kind of heard Gary, Keith, and Ron consistently say that this team could be facing a situation where they are jet lagged. I just want to point out that I couldn't be more annoyed with Gary Cohen when he continuously said that I couldn't be more annoyed with Keith Hernandez when he continuously broke down what it feels like to be jet lagged because everybody here has gone on a plane. But if you haven't, I understand doesn't apply to you. And I couldn't, I couldn't stomach, uh, Ron Darling, just agreeing with every single word. I just couldn't, because that's all Ron Darling provides. He just agrees with everything. So not to mention that Gary, Keith and Ron love to, uh, belittle, Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. so we're going to get to that in a moment as well. I don't know why the Mets now I've been watching the Mets longer than you obviously I'm older. It's not nothing you can do about that, but I can remember a point in time when they did this many years ago and they'd done this almost every other year, maybe every year, where the organization just continuously makes excuses for their down their shortcomings it's very frustrating i don't like it people worship Gary keith and ron i like them can i say that they have starting to fall off to me yeah i think so they're not what they used to be sure i i i, I can openly say that will i get killed for it cool i don't mind it's cool that's my fr- my preference um do i want to change them no would I have cried a river like everybody on Twitter did when Keith Hernandez was in his contract discussions about returning to SNY? No. Didn't mind me at all. By the way, I'm named after the man, but it didn't affect me at all. I care more about the team rather than who's calling the game. I could watch the game with music in the background. It doesn't bother me. But I know everybody has their own niche. It's cool. I'm not judging you. What I'm judging is the fact that these guys have a lot of power in our community as MET fans. And I saw that trending where this team is jet lagged. And I, I just think that is such a cop out. If you take the red eye from out west, you get in really, really, really at a really crappy time, right? You're in your own bed. You probably it takes you a minute to get through some traffic early morning. Cool. I get it. But it's not like me or you flying and we have to get a, a Uber or or a taxi and try to make it home to Brooklyn or you know wherever else we got to go they go home to their amazing homes, amazing comforts. They need the rest. They get a whole 24 hours rest. They need to be with their families. But I kept seeing the word jet lag being flowed around, and I see Pete Alonso, Luis Guillorme, and another Met player, it loses my brain right now, at the Rangers game, chugging beers. I'm not saying that they are wrong for doing that. I'm not. They are entitled to that. I'm not killing the players for going to the Rangers game and enjoying a hockey night. I'm not. They should do that. They should support each other. What I'm annoyed is, why are we on the air giving this lame duck offense excuses? Just call it what it is. The, guy, the guys didn't come with it. Don't blame a flight, please. Don't give me that. That is such a cop-out. That is so weak-minded. I never hear that with any other organization. If if, the, if that happens for other teams, educate me. I beg you. I am clearly not educated enough that I haven't heard it from another team. But with us, it happens quite often. The rain that happened in City Field yesterday. Oh my God, the conditions. The Mets were never gonna compete in those sort of conditions. It rains for other teams, man. Give me a break. These sort of like little like uh, trigger sayings or these phrases or the the these little I, company man words because i hear that a lot you know like it yeah. is such a detriment to how people infer this information and run with it because there's a lot of people out there that they the, the words that is whispered by the SMy broadcast is gospel the words that are whispered by these met reporters is gospel at some point you have to make a a a, a, a uh, like a, just a logical like thought process of your own. You have to come to a better hypothesis in your own mind when it comes to what's going on in front of you, and that's the eye test. And it looked like for the Mets, they were making errors, which the Mets never do. And that's one thing I'll say about Buck Walter. Buck Showalter will, uh, will deflect till the moons come home. But one thing Buck hates, and he called them out on it. I'm glad he did. He hates when sloppy defense is played. He hates that. He, because, you know, a shout out to our boy Edge. He also said it. That is an indictment on the manager when they don't come prepared to play defense. You know, that is the bare, bare minimum you come and perform on the defensive end of the field. So they clearly weren't themselves, but they weren't themselves for 18 innings. Okay. And at that point, I don't want to hear the jet lag stuff. Not to mention the third game, they almost shot away. So, and I'm still hearing the jet lag stuff. I, I'm just not sure. Now I'm hearing the rain. And guess what? We're about to go back onto the road to the Midwest next week. What am I going to hear then? Jet lag again? Is that what we're doing? Is that, is that how we're no, playing? No,
1: you're, you're going to hear that it's too cold. You're going to hear that it's too cold. Too cold to play baseball.
0: Oh, it's too cold to play baseball. <laughs> it's too cold to play baseball. If it's too cold to play baseball, then we should have a roof. The simple.
1: Call me crazy. Listen. It, it, that the the whole rhetoric about jet lag the whole rhetoric about rain it's it's coming from such a tortured fan base oh yeah i'm not giving them an excuse but like it's coming from such a tortured fan base that just needs something a crutch to rationalize why the product is bad because for all the years the product was bad because of the owners mm-hmm. so we could always just blame the owners right mm-hmm. but now that the product is good we have to find another, you know, another staple, something else. Another outlet. called our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another outlet to, to blame instead of, you know, what we're seeing on the field, whether it's the manager, whether it's the players. Mm-hmm. We need something else. And to your point, I like Gary Keeperman, but I watch my games on mute. It is what it is. I like to listen to music. I watch most of my sporting events on mute, unless I really, like, am amped for the sporting event. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular game. I watch it on mute. Mm-hmm. The point is, though, they hold a lot of influence, especially on the older fan base. Oh yeah, and the older fan base will get on Twitter and they'll complain and just spit out the same thing that they heard on the air, and then you know that becomes a narrative. That I, becomes a I, thing within I the community. Back
0: off that real quick. If if Francisco Alvarez leans a little bit to the left, or leans a little bit to the right. That booth just rips him apart. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't understand. It's, there, was damn, the there was a play the other day. There was a play the other day. Sorry. Uh, Brett Beatty made an error, the one I was at. And then the next game, there's another play. Base is loaded or man at third and second. And he needed to get the throw home quick. And he, he kind of hesitated and whatnot. But he still made the play. I don't think that play necessarily destroyed the inning. He got the guy out at home. You know, he did something right. But. especially Keith Hernandez, because if you don't play defense at Keith Hernandez's level, good Lord, he's going to rip you a new one. But what is this ripping these guys for every little thing they're doing? It's like I couldn't hear – I've heard that Pete Alonso can be a good first baseman from this organization for years. I heard that Brandon Nimmo was a fourth outfielder for years. Uh, I'm hearing that Francisco Alvarez is not a good catcher. That is a bullshit lie. I'm hearing that Brett Beatty can't play third base. That is a bullshit lie you know, we've been told that for, uh, Ronnie Mauricio is not a good shortstop, but I'm hearing all these fantastic plays. Now he's going to move to the in- second field. I mean, second field, second base. Clearly he's working the infield pretty well at his height. So, you know, there's other, there's so many other examples out there, you know, but like, I just don't get why as an organization we do that because there's other people who tune in. There's other people that like really want to like say, well, what's going on with those kids Let's see if they're any good. And It just doesn't make any sense. It really does a a, does a disservice to our fan base and our players. And I'm not a big fan of it, man. I'm just I don't know. I just wanted to have that moment. I kind of wanted to make that a thing this week. I just calling a calling a team jet lag almost 72 hours after their flight. That's that's with an off day. That's incredible. Like that is incredible copium. It's a
1: bad cop out.
0: That is incredible. It's a bad bad cop out. That is, as I think, as the if I was a player and they were telling me that, I'd be like, no. And I, shout out to Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor literally, when they ask him, "What's up? What's going on?" I go, I gotta be better. I gotta be better. There's no excuse. But you don't see that. You don't see the the fans saying, "Yo, thank you for that." Maybe one or two fans here and there, people you interact with, yeah. But that never gets highlighted. It's crazy, bro. It's just it's just insane. Yeah. I, I, these Also, narratives also,
1: yeah. Uh, to your point about Lindor. Luis Guillaume, when he made that bat, I think uh, Lindor and Guillaume had a chance at a double play, and they both went to the ball, mm-hmm. and Guillaume missed his assignment going to second, mm-hmm. and he owned up to it, and he was very hard on himself after the game. I heard, so, yeah, man, I you heard know that. He just can't, he, he can't, you know, he can't allow himself to, you know, he he's always prideful on picking his pitches up. He can't allow them to, you know, stumble because of his own undoing. So oh. I, I, I get that. So, I mean, I, I'll say this to, to, to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if we're just going to, if we're going to continue to find excuses and to build narratives off of what we're hearing, um, whether it's from Gary, Keith and Ron or from other people on Twitter, because, you know, people love to follow each other. It's like a little cult on there. Um, it, it's never going to. You're never gonna you get out what you put in, right? So if you're expecting a bad result, more than likely a bad result will happen. Yeah, if true. you're gonna continue to, to if you're gonna continue to make excuses about a team with the highest payroll in the league, mm-hmm. who was, who has massive expectations this season, um, we just look like suckers. We look right. like a stupid fan base. We look like we look like we don't know what the hell we're doing mm-hmm. as an organization and as a fan base, it's the same old Mets. If you hate the LOL Mets, a uh, uh, thing. It's only going to continue if you continue to, to to act that way online. I'm not telling people how to fan, but it's very frustrating that people have to defend these people or, or not defend these people, but hold these people in check within their home fan base. And it's not just the Mets; it's all thirty thirty teams. It's it's every sport. But the fact that we have to go through is every single game is unbelievable. Yeah, it, and it's, you know, it's you, know the,
0: you know the main corporates of that is too. So, but it is what it is. I mean, um. I do like that Luis Guillorme and Francisco Lindor and a few other players, when they were interviewed, they took 100% accountability. And I think what Luis Guillorme said was very, very important because, you know, he was at the Ranger game. He pretty much said, yo, my bad. So I can see where the guys needed to wind down, go to the Ranger game on the day off. You know, we, we flew in last night. We need to just chill out, just worry about, like, being a human being and not a baseball player for, like, one day. And then we get back at it tomorrow. I get that. I get that. I get that. But you can't go 18 innings with one run. You can't. Because then, guess what? Like we said, September is still going on. So, uh, let's just uh, let's get back into the flow of the week. Um, we're just going to wrap this up as fast as we can. Last night, we got into the first game of the Atlanta Series, guys. And for a while, it was a nice little pitching matchup. Nice little throwback. Lefty versus lefty. Uh, David Peterson and Max Freed. I'm a big Max Fried guy. I, I've been in many debates about Max Fried. Uh, people have been telling me, Urius, me yeah. U- Urius is better than Max Fried. I definitely don't agree with that. We could definitely, you know, you know, kind of go back and forth, find me on Twitter and whatnot. But um, uh, listen, Peterson was looking great. He looked like he was going to go like a solid six, seven innings. He ran into a little bit of trouble. The offense didn't provide anything as well. Um, he gave up a big hit with uh, Ronald Acuna, and then he gave up a massive moonshot to Matt Olson, putting the game almost out of reach. It was four nothing in the fifth, and here came the tarp because the rain, like we mentioned, just came like with uh, just absolute ferocity, and um, there the game was official. So the, the the Atlanta Braves take game one as a complete game shutout by Max Fried and the Mets. <laughs> start off this very important <laughs> series, um, which we don't know how many games we're gonna get in with a loss at home. Um a lot of meh fans weren't even looking forward to this series. That's very, very heartbreaking. Um a lot of meh fans didn't yeah. really wanna get into this. They they just didn't want to watch the game. They didn't even want to go to the I get it with the weather. They didn't want to go to the park, but they did a lot of Mets fans just didn't want to even play this game. They wanted it to be rained out from the get go, which I get. I understand. I like to play mm-hmm. the game. You know, funny amazing things can happen. Uh if it's one nothing, Ronald O'Quinnon gets the hit, and we don't give up that massive home run to Matt Olsen, it's one nothing. I tell, I like my chances with about four innings left. But, hey, Mother Nature spoke. Lindor made a great play. And I think, you know, uh, uh, Beatty got another hit off a lefty. Uh, Alvarez got a really nice hit. I think they have the two hardest hit balls of the game outside of any Braves player. And that was pretty much it. Any thoughts on last night's game? Did you take anything from it? Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, Peterson pitched good uh, up until he made that awful, awful, awful mistake to Matt Olsen to a left handed hitter, by the way. I thought that they should have walked the Cunha before then to pitch to Olsen. And I look stupid because Olsen sent his shit 400 feet. Um, That's a good call. David I, thought Peterson, same, it, I thought
0: the same thing. He should have walked the Cunha and go lefty lefty. And then you pitch yeah, him. You pitch yeah, him. Yeah. You pitch him to contact at that point instead of a get me over right. curveball. Why? Right. But let me shut up.
1: Right. Right, and Acuna is the is one of the hottest hitters on the planet. I'm a Acuna a hater just just because he's on the Braves, mm-hmm. not because I actually hate the guy. I think he's a really good player. Um, but Peterson is pitching himself out of the rotation. It is becoming clear he is not doing anything of note to make me think that he should be in this rotation, and that segues to what we saw yesterday, which was Justin Verlander making his start, his rehab start, and uh, you know. For the Rumble ponies and he pitched great. He pitched like a uh, like Justin Verlander would pitch against the Triple A roster. And hopefully, you know, he'll be back next week.
0: Shout out to Justin Verlander. Uh, for not getting out of the fifth inning in that game is very much on par with every other starting pitcher. You know, I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I know that had nothing to do with anything. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. He threw a uh, four and two thirds, uh, two hits, uh, one walk, six strikeouts, no runs. I'm just. I'm just teasing. I'm just yeah, it's kind of a trend. You can't get out the fifth inning with the New York Mets because you know it's just yeah. you know, a, a New York Mets. Yeah, I'm day.
1: surprised you didn't give up a home run.
0: I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very trendy here at City Field, by the way. Um, yeah. Let's whip around the league and wrap this episode up, baby brother. Um how about the pittsburgh Pirates without O'Neal Cruz still cruising in first place as the best team in the national league? Do you think this can last
1: i am very happy for them. It's not gonna last I just you know I'll just end that right there, but I'm very happy for them. I'm happy that they also resigned the uh, uh uh, what's his name, Reynolds, uh, Brian Reynolds. I'm I'm very happy that they resigned him because bad teams don't usually get to, to resign their, their very good players. Mm-hmm. And if you want to build, uh, I guess, a winning organization or try to, that's the first step. Amen. Retain your good players.
0: Shout out hometown discount. Shout out to that phrase. Uh, moving on to Aaron Judge. Why is Aaron Judge stealing third base? I think Aaron Judge, even though he was hurt the game after. Up okay. 5-0 why what are you doing bro you just got paid bro like don't be a knucklehead and he took ownership but uh shout out to our boys at bronx or nothing i know they were very upset at the decision and you know he took accountability of it but what are you doing dude i you know what that's a guy that that screams pressing you know what i'm saying that screams like a, a guy who knows that you know he needs to pick up everybody so i get it but judge we don't want we don't even want you hurt you know what i'm saying so Bro, be smarter yeah. than that. Uh I don't know if the, the game, injuries... the game
1: needs him healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's gonna be seriously injured. I hope not. But you know, you just got paid, he gets injured, you already know. I'm sure they're the same way we got that coalition of Met fans that hate on everything. I'm sure there's a bunch of that in Yankee Nation. So it is what it is. Um my boy, my boy, El Nino, Fernando Tatis, dances on Cubs fans as they cheat. He's a cheater, and he gave him a nice little you know two step let him know that yo was the best your words best. do not hurt me, and I love that about Fernando because even when Fernando was doing his thing before any of these crazy you know suspensions came down for him or suspension whatever um you know he was always criticized for so many things he was even criticized by his own manager at one point, so Nothing phases the kid. I love it. I want him to continue killing it. I would trade half of City Field and half of Long Island for him. So, you know, that's my kind of baseball All player. Of Long Island. Yeah. Not my, just half of it. My, All my, of it could go. Yeah, yeah. yeah and a little bit of upstate. So, shout out to you guys. Oh god, they're going to hate <laughs> us for that one. Oh my god. Um, I like Fernando Tatís. I'm a, I'm sorry. Kill me for it. I don't care. Loved them since he came up. Loved everything about him. That's called being a superstar. When people hate you, you're doing something good. So, um if you want to call him a cheater, go ahead. Knock yourself out. That's just weird. I mean, there's so many people who cheat in this sport that we all mm-hmm. praise. Whatever. So, I'm glad he's back. And yeah. I'm glad he's loving the game of baseball. Um, and the last thing, Jacob DeGrom, pitching a no-hitter, hurts his forearm. And he comes out of the game against the Yankees last night. Some will say it's clockwork. Some will say, get ready, you know, Texas, because this is going to be very consistent. My brother's dying to let everybody know, you know, how, you know, how this is in his thought process. Cause you know, my brother loves giving Jacob the grandma piece of his mind, but it, it kind of, kind of sucks. It is what it is. Um, but I don't care if that makes it, I love Jacob the ground, but I genuinely don't care. And, um, we had a little discussion with some Mets fans last night. It's very interesting that the first question that Buck Walter raised to the media, the media didn't even ask him a question. Buck says, how's Jacob DeGrom doing? Dude, he pitched 11 games for you in one year. What are we doing? What is that about? Talk about your team. I don't want to make this a Mets thing. Sorry, 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 sorry. Because I could literally go another 45 minutes. But Jacob DeGrom gets hurt. I know you're dying. You're seething at the tongue. Let me know what your, your thoughts on this is. It's April. It's, a- <laughs> it's April. Okay. It's April. I was gonna say it's April. Silence that's where else?
1: Was... Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's April. That's that's April. Yeah. That's April.
0: Um. We know Jacob DeGrom's no, not an April fan. Yeah, fan of April. <laughs> no, he's not a fan of April. He's he not a fan of great, May,
1: though. June, July, August, September, October. He's not a fan of any of those months either. So is you know, he, is he the cool, I, is he
0: the Kawhi Leonard of baseball? That's a
1: very He's Kawhi Leonard Leonard baseball, right? We, we've had the Kawhi. Is he Kawhi baseball. Yes, yes. I would, I would say, if I had to equate him to any superstar in basketball, it would be Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> He's the Kawhi. But Leonard at least baseball. Kawhi, at least, at least Kawhi. One, he showed up when it mattered. Two, he has rings. You know what I mean, he went and and he got out a ring. I'm not saying I know that baseball is a team sport. You don't have to, you don't have to do no, that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I know right, that a, I know good. that a pitcher all pitches every you know, I'm just saying <laughs> no, like, yeah, pitches explain. every got five you, games. Got we got you. But the Grom <laughs> getting hurt, his forearm, it, it's April. That's all I'll say on that. I hope he gets well. Buck Showalter, that being his first concern coming into the dugout is insane. I am I can't believe that nobody's giving him shit for that. Because why the, why the hell are you that concerned about somebody who's not on your team, who's pitching in, in Texas, of all places? Like, what, can you be concerned about the conditions of the game that you're playing? Can you, can you be concerned about the weather? Can, oh, can you be concerned about David Peterson pitching like, like shit? Can you, can you be concerned about that? Do we have to be concerned about the ground?
0: Or the fact that um, the Mets have been shut out, I believe it's been eight times this year, and we were only shut out five times all of last year. No,
1: no, in reverse.
0: In oh, reverse. sorry. It's five times
1: Five times this April and eight times all of last year. Be concerned about that. Don't be concerned about a guy who barely pitched for you and who didn't want the ball game one.
0: But he pitched for him. He was a Met player. The nice guy shit, I'm telling you, this nice guy shit, it's got to go. It's
1: got to go. Bro, all, all, all respect to Jacob DeGrom. But the Jacob Degrom watch, the Jacob Degrom following that that shit has got to come to an end. He is wanna, no longer on the
0: team. I just want to know where was the questions a few days ago about um, Tywin Walker when he got hurt? Why are we playing favorites again? They're not even on the same team. Hey, uh, hey, who did who did more for the Mets last season? Tywin Walker is not even close. What about
1: the season before
0: that? Tyler Walker again, best pitcher that, that year.
1: Come on, let's 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 be real. Let's be real.
0: I'm just saying. You, Come you on see, now. You see how the goalpost moves? You see that, right? But anyways, let's stop. It'll always haters. move.
1: It'll never stop moving.
0: This is not a Mets haters podcast. You can head over to that other podcast that rhymes with uh, Wooly. You know what I'm saying? Those people. So anyways, your amazing of the week and your bozo of the week, brother. Start with the amazing.
1: Amazing of the week. It's tough because there's not really a, any, a, a lot of amazing choices. Nah. But I'll say this. Uh, it's between two guys in my mind. Okay. But I'll give it to Brett Beatty. Brett <laughs> Beatty has been, has been playing very well. He's been hitting. He One thing I do want to bring up, you can bring up all the hitting uh, metrics. You can bring up the, the home run. And that's very cool. He had two plays in that national series where he definitely – misplayed the ball and he still was able to get out mm-hmm. on the I, play. I was there. I and saw I think it for him yeah, for him mentally to be able to hustle to the ball, get to it, still get the out at such a young age. There are veterans in this league that do not do that. Oh, yeah. That will not hustle after the, misplaying a ball and go ball. get the they would have ate it. They would have ate the ball. But he 100%, 100%. Didn't. And that takes that takes a lot of guts. Um I know that it's just a routine play. I I I, I I'm not trying to, you know, champion that, but it shows the mental fortitude of a kid, especially playing in New York, that he's always locked in, and I appreciate that, and he's clearly locked in at the plate, so he is my amazing of the week.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, if I had to give it to a player, it's definitely Brett. You know how I feel about Brett Beatty. There's a reason why I own his jersey, so I'm a big fan of his. I have no doubts in my mind he would be an amazing New York Met. Um, I also want to give, if I had to give, uh, you know, uh, Honorary uh, Amazing of the Week, I would uh, give it to Joey Cora because he's been standing at the third baseline and not really been able to call anyone home. So he's an older man. So I I worry about his knees standing out on the (laughs) third baseline. So I think, you know, we need to show Joey Cora a little bit of love with that one. So shout out to Joey Cora. Um, Your Bozo of the Week. There's a lot to pick from.
1: There, there's so many to pick from, but I'm gonna be funny. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it to whoever put that stupid ass gnome in the dugout. Mm-hmm. You're a bozo,
0: Mark. Cunha. Or
1: That's either the here or there. If I if I had to actually pick a bozo, um, man, I think I think I'm going with. Oh, man, I'm going to sound like a hater. You 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 say yours because I think I'm going to sound like a hater if I bring mine.
0: Also, I just wanted to say my bad to my amazing other week. It's definitely Brett Beatty, but we have to acknowledge Jeff McNeil's had a really good week as well. So shout out to No, Jeff he's McNeil.
1: had a really good week. Jeff yeah. McNeil, should yeah, really I, get I, it.
0: She should really get it, really, honestly. But... I mean, the kid has been doing his thing when he's just been doubted so much. I expect this from Jeff, so you know it's just weird. Jeff is like the always the overlooked guy. I hate it. I hate it. It bothers me so yeah. much. I love Jeff McNeil. love yeah. everything about your kid. Keep doing your thing. Um my bozo of the week I think it's really, really hard to give a bozo of the week this week because so many guys have you know contribute to being a little like lost in the sauce. Um, but I'm yeah. absolutely giving my bozo of the week to Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is my biggest yeah, bozo. Of the I'm, week. I'm glad
1: you said it because I would have sounded like a hater if no. I had said it because I'm a noted, I'm a noted uh, 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 critic of Pete Alonzo. So I'm, I'm, I'm
0: giving it to Pete Alonzo mainly because of two reasons. One, he had a really bad week at the plate. It is what it is. He had the big hit against the Nationals to save us from getting swept, but thank you for that. But there was a play at first. So, Pete Alonzo wants to be this gold glove first baseman. And um, I've had talks with many people, many smart people, many people. I respect their opinion. Very passionate Met fans. They think he's going to win a gold glove. They think he's going to get close to 200, I mean, 300 million. Yes, 300 million. Or hover around that number. And I've always been in the ballpark where I said, I am probably giving him no more than what. Uh, Votto got 225 or 230, and I'm like maxing it there because first baseman shouldn't be making you no know, $300 million. But hey, it is what it is. That's just me. I love Pete Alonso, by the way. I love him more than the guy next to me. But I'm just saying, I don't know if that kind of money is something I would give Pete. But he made a play this week, or didn't make a play for that matter, against the Nationals, where he's literally like this, and the ball falls right behind him, and it's literally his ball, no one else's ball. Um, You cannot have those sort of plays if you want to be a gold glove, MVP caliber player. I'm giving him a hard time because he deserves to be given a hard time because he is never given a hard time. So, Pete, you're my Bozo of the Week. It's all respect, it's all love, but do better. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, you got to be better. At, at at first, Um, he, he, he started the season well, uh, defensively at first, too. I know that the bat has kind of cooled down also. Mm-hmm. He was also my bozo of the week, but I'm very critical of Pete Alonso because nobody else chooses to be You have a, you have a podcast. This is Pete your job to
0: talk. You you have a podcast. This is your platform. Speak. It is what it is. Don't be afraid.
1: Pete Alonso. To me, I think I think when it comes to him, it's just a lot up here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot in his head that you know sets him back. That he he has the potential to be a Freddie Freeman, uh Paul Goldschmidt, but. It's all mental with him and I don't think he'll ever he'll ever reach those heights if he gets through if he doesn't get through those mental hurdles that he continues to have. And uh, I love the guy. I think he's a very good guy, but I think he he tries very hard um in certain aspects of his game. If
0: I if I just can, one little point. It also is unfair to him yeah, that yeah, the yeah. Mets have not provided him adequate. Protection.
1: Oh, hundred percent. So I think that's 100%. very we, unfair. We, by yeah, the organization 100%. expecting no, no, him to just always right. hit
0: forty home run, forty home run, forty, 40 whatever, and there's nothing behind mm-hmm. him. That's the very uh, Metsy, right. you know, if you want to call it for it. Yeah,
1: that, like, that's that's good context to bring mm-hmm. up because he doesn't have actual, you know, actual guy behind him to protect him and to give him better pitches to hit. So mm-hmm. I I will give him credit in that regard. Look, I don't dislike Peter Alonso. I think he's a very good player. I just think that. He is way better. He 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 can be way better. Yeah, I agree. Than, I than agree. what he is, and I know I know that's like that's like nitpicking, but like I'm talking about all around. And I also think that he could also be a captain on this team. But I think there's a lot mentally that is holding him back. Mm-hmm. And once he gets through those things, I think he'll be he'll be everything we see in him. MVP, a batting champ, whatever the hell. Go glove.
0: Yeah. Can't be a captain of the New York Mets if you're jet like. but that's not here hit or there. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> that's a wrap on episode six, baby brother. We're grooving. Um shout out to everybody who's tuning in. Um shout out to my boy Amish doing his thing. Shout out to yeah, Shout out Amish. Shout out everybody out there doing their thing. Shout out everybody in the group chat. Everybody. I don't want, to, you know, anybody who feels like they're left out. Everybody who's tuning in. We really do appreciate you guys. Um we're going to start getting guests on. So we're getting there, baby yeah. steps, you know. We're getting there. We're getting there. Shout out to the Nolan show. We, you know, he he's shooting us love. So We're getting there, guys, and uh, all our other buddies who are doing podcasts and we're trying to grow this community. Thank you. Shout-out to the New York Mets. Hopefully, they have a better week coming up because I am a positive fan. Mr. Nice Guy, myself. So, it is what it is. Um, And, yeah, look, listen, we'll be all right, guys. We'll be all right. It's only April, right? And it's about to be May in about 48 hours. So, it is what it is, guys. Uh, Shout-out to the New York Mets. That is a wrap on episode six, baby brother, and we are out. We out. We out. Thanks for checking off the Shade Sun podcast. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. And stay tuned for the next episode.